introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. The 99th episode is a unique one. This uh, episode is actually a brainchild of Danette Thomas and Amy Unroe coming together and being the best of friends and telling me, not asking, telling me that they've got to do an episode of what they call Theater Widows. And uh, you'll, I believe, I believe you hear uh, Danette say that at some point. Maybe I cut that out, uh, which I'll talk about the cuts in a second. But uh, I do have uh, uh, a lot of respect for both Danette and Amy Unroe and uh, thought I'd trust them with this. And it turned out pretty good. But uh, I wanted to include other people. So uh, I also have uh, Sean Fillinum. Screw his last name. God, Paul. Ah, your last name. Anyway, uh, but y- you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've also, I also have uh, Kevin Curzum, who is Tress's, Tress Curzum's husband. I had Tress on uh, ages ago. Actually, the only, the only spouse that I haven't had on here, uh, related to one of the people today, is is Tim Unroe. And, uh, you know, Tim, you know, at some point, Tim, uh, you know, I might, I might give you a call. I might have my people call you, but, uh, he's the only one I've had Jay on obviously quite a bit. I've had Paul on, uh, actually twice and I've had Tress on. So, uh, uh, I reached out to those other two, uh, the husbands and said, can you guys be on too? Well, so it turns out just coincidentally that we couldn't get all of us together on a zoom chat for the same day so i talked to the ladies one day and the gentleman another that's just coincidental not me being like well i gotta do the i gotta have the wives one day and the and the husbands the next but uh it just turned out that way so this podcast is also unique in the fact that i heavily edited it and i don't mean that i edited things out uh, I wanted it to sound like we were all in the same space, but here I am drawing the curtain back, telling you we were not all in the same, well, not space, but the same Zoom call. And so I tried to piece it together to make it all sound like one conversation. And you can let me know if I succeeded or not, but you know I'm not a trained editor. I did my very, very best, so hopefully it comes out well. Now, I also will say that there's one little section that just disappeared and I probably deleted it by accident and didn't control Z it but uh, I apologize to Sean because what disappeared was this uh, discussion or or his his point about his children acting very different when he is home with them uh, solo as a solo parent compared to when Paul comes home and they tag team uh, taking care and raising the children and I totally, completely, 100% understand that. And anybody who has uh, kids, multiple kids, not probably not just one, but two kids or more, uh, can understand that your children change their behavior when both parents are around. And so that was kind of his point to say they let up on, on him when he is home alone. And then when it's the two of them, they sort of 
come to this realization, well, it's two versus two, let's, let's up the game. So uh, I do apologize that that part is removed, but I, I thought it was a great point, and I even remember him when he was talking about it, specifically thinking, that's such a, like, that's so real. Like, everybody can understand exactly what you're saying with that. So, speaking of uh, understanding, um, uh, as I record this, the UIL office pulled a typical theater teacher move yesterday, posted the cast list, and said, uh, good luck over the weekend, and, you know, we'll see you on Monday. But they posted their their sort of guidelines, recommendations, really. I don't think any of them are mandates, but uh, recommendations on how a contest should be run. I do believe, actually, I take that back, though. There are two things that are definites, that you are supposed to wear a mask uh, while per- whilst performing and that we have eliminated area contests. So uh, those things came down the docket yesterday. And, of course, being the, uh, well, shit starter that I am, uh, I decided to post on the Facebook page, and I believe I was the first one to do so, and that's not me competing, even though Philip Taylor would tell you that I do like to compete, and I do, <laughs> but just not in UIL. Anyway, but, um, uh, and it it opened up a can of worms, and of course it did, because a lot of people have differing opinions. Now, I will tell you my opinion. I'm not right. I even deleted a little section where uh, a gentleman from up north, I believe in the Lubbock area, was going back and forth with me, and I decided, you know what, it's not even worth it uh, because he's completely wrong. Um, but basketball is not theater. Uh, football is not theater. Uh, again, I believe I said last week that in order to have a basketball game or a football game, you must have two teams. In order to have theater, you have one, quote, team cast, right? And you can still have theater without another school there, without a competitive element to it. Whereas basketball, and I did jokingly say, and this was the part I deleted, but it's because of the subsequent comments, is that the people commenting that, uh, you know, well, if basketball isn't wearing masks, why should theater clearly never played basketball or didn't do it very often? Because basketball players for, uh, and I think in high school, it's 30 minutes, but they are sprinting up and down a court every 20 to 30 seconds, if not more often than that. And if they're wearing a mask, they're going to be sucking that mask in. They're going to be eating it. Now, I'm that's not me saying that they shouldn't be taking some sort of protocol or doing something safe or when they're on the sidelines doing it. I know some people were saying, well, you know, they don't even wear it when they're on the sidelines. That's different. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when they're actually on the court or field, if it's football, playing. Uh, now, that said, I think baseball players should w- wear masks. I don't think there's any reason why not. I remember playing baseball, and I picked more at the grass than I did uh, paying attention to the ball. And mind you, I was young, but still, it you know the ball never came to me. Uh, so there are you know some some sort of options with baseball, but I digress. But anyway, I I don't think we can compare the two. I think it's apples to oranges. Um, I do think we need to be safe with theater. I don't think we should be competing. All of that said, I have come around on the clinic idea. I think it would be cool if we want to add something familiar to the UIL season this year. Why not do clinics? And why not have, it would be best if the clinician came to each individual show, uh, each individual school, not the schools coming to the clinician. Uh, But... 
I do think that that element would be kind of fun. And, you know, I know my boss, Travis, is doing a lot of clinics. And, you know, that's not a complaint. I think that, that he should if he can. And so I... I I would love to see, and I know in, in our district, uh, we have a few schools doing clinics as well. I would love to see it just made official that the clinic, the clinician should be traveling from school to school. I think that that's an easy thing to do. I know that things need to be figured out. Obviously, a school is not making any money off of that, but so be it. There are other ways to make money. Plus, right now, you know, uh, schools shouldn't... Uh, Right now, it's not that big of a deal that, that you're not making a ton of money because you're not supposed to be doing big shows. And I know that, again, there are schools in my district that are playing along as though there's not even a pandemic happening, but um, it is what it is, and uh, that's just my two cents. And I'm allowed to do that because it's my podcast. So all of that said, I want to, again, introduce uh, four amazing people. I had a great time getting to know I didn't really know uh, Kevin Curzum, and I definitely had never met Sean uh, Philanum, uh again with the last name, but it was a lot of fun talking to them, and Sean even took time out of a vacation, a very safe vacation. They were in a in a, in a a really nice-looking, uh, I don't know if it was a Winnebago or a, 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 you know, it was a rolling house is what it was, and it looked really cool, so I was very, very jelly, as the kids say. So it was really fun to talk to all of them. I really hope you enjoy this perspective of people that aren't in theater. They might, they know about theater, but they're not theater teachers. They're not directors. They're not involved in the fine arts really in any way, professionally speaking. So uh, this was a fun perspective and a fun chat. And I hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Next week is podcast one hundred as the kids say, 100, yeah. So I've got Billy Dragu next week, and I'm super excited to present that to you guys. Please enjoy. I'm Amy Unroe, and I'm married to Tim Unroe, who was um, a theater teacher in Pearland for, woo, I think six, years, yeah, 67 years, years. Like yeah, yeah, oh. Yeah, 67, he looked great. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> And, uh, and I also have a son that is graduating this May, and he is also going to be a theater teacher. What? Yeah. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, very good kid, too. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not involved with the theater world at all, really. So my name is Danette Thomas. I am married to Jay Thomas. He um, is a pretty popular, I guess you would say, contest manager. He's been contest managing for a while now. He works at um, San Jack Central. I have been a theater widow now for almost <laughs> 10 years, is what I like to call it. But we met in theater, so I kind of have a, yeah. I kind of knew what I was getting into. So Right. You met on the, st- <laughs> like in a show, didn't you? We did. We met, um, we were both majoring in theater at San Jack and we met doing our my first show there he was already there for quite some time because it took him like five years to graduate yeah. you might want to take that part out um <laughs> no, no and that was just San Jack um <laughs> so we met and then he of course proposed in the middle of one of our shows on the stage where we met so I can't say that I was not prepared that my life was going to be encompassed with theater which I'm not I'm with, not opposed to and it. he was in all green makeup correct 
correct. Yeah. He was. This is awkward. Yeah, he was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful proposal. So I'm Kevin Curzum. Uh, my wife is Tress Curzum. She taught at. Um, Let's see, she started off at Sweeney High School for a couple years, then uh, really picked up steam, did a lot of work at uh, Stephen F. Austin in Fort Bend. Um, shoot, I don't remember how long she was there, probably 2003 until 2007, 8, 9, maybe. All those times are blurring together. Um, so we moved up here for my job to St. Louis in 2013. I'm a chemical engineer, um, and that is it for me. I can tell you she moved. She left there in two thousand nine because my wife took over. Okay. So <laughs> there you go. Okay. There we go. <laughs> okay, and I'm Sean Fillingham. I'm married to Paul Fillingham, who's a theater teacher uh, currently at Reagan High School in San Antonio, um, and previously at Dawson in Pearland, and um, before that um, in Pasadena at Pasadena High School. So, and I work in uh, banking. Okay. What is the most difficult part about being a theater widow or about being a theater spouse? <laughs> the, the hardest part is obviously splitting, is, is finding that balance and splitting the time, having to um, share your spouse's time with, um, uh, share your spouse's time with, um, I mean, an activity that involves so much work and so much effort and, and so much passion. Um, a lot of times uh, I joked about her when, well, a couple of times, seriously, you know, in the middle of a, you know, one act and, and the thing with, you know, I don't think I'll start off. I'm going to start over teachers in general. I don't think the general public, unless you're married to a teacher or you are a teacher, you're a close friend with a teacher, understand the amount of work that goes into being a teacher, not just in the classroom to tell one of your wife's a teacher. Oh, I could never do that. And thinking about just the classroom management type stuff and teaching the kids, but they don't understand the work that goes into the lesson planning and the grading and all the after hours work. Um, so it's like, you know, oh, teachers get three months off here. Yeah, well, they compress those three months into, you know, two semesters. So they're doing a year's worth of work, but they're really compressing that time all down together. And then you yeah, add someone who does extracurricular activities. And so then that's a whole other layer that goes into uh, additional time. That, they, that they're spending on their job. And then, you know, you sit there and think like basketball coaches and football coaches, you know, they spend a lot of time during the season doing the stuff, but they're, you know, they've got an off season too. to where they've got some downtime. For a theater teacher at a major program, there is no off season. The off season is summer. And even during the summer, they're doing, you know, camps and, and professional development type activities. You know, even during Christmas break, there'll be rehearsals during Christmas break sometimes, Thanksgiving, spring break. Um, you know, so so trying to balance all that, uh, trying to balance the the personal relationship and trying to share that time with all those different activities. That's the most difficult part is trying to not be selfish with as your spouse, trying to be selfish with your time with them understanding them but understanding that you married someone because you want to be around them you don't want to be gone all the time and i would echo all of that i mean all of that is completely true and that's one of the things that you know is is um i think missed by most people is they don't realize that um you know how much time goes into it there is no there is no real downtime because if there's downtime there's planning for something so um, but I would say for us, the biggest challenge is, um, uh, you know, aside from everything that he's already said, but for us, it's uh, raising the kids. We have a 
six and a seven-year-old right now. And so having small kids and trying to work around a theater teacher's schedule, um, which certain times of the year is, is all encompassing. And, you know, I know it's really hard for him sometimes because during, for example, like the month of February, um, and, and sometimes during one act season, they see him, um, maybe at night before they go to bed, but some days not at all. They see him in the morning cause he, he is very diligent about taking them to school every morning, no matter what. Um, but during that time, they just, they just don't see him and it's really hard on them. And it's, um, harder, I think on him, uh, because you know, they're, they're, they're little kids. They're still having fun. They see him every day. Um, but I think for him, a, a lot of times he feels like he's missing out on that. And so trying to, you know, balance the, the job itself, which is, you know, really time consuming and raising the kids, um, is, is a big challenge. And even with scheduling things, you know, if, if, um, like for example, we have where I'm going to be out of town for a week in February and that's during one of his busiest times. So we have to, you know, we have to have, um, my mother-in-law who's been great and a huge help with the kids, she's coming down. Um, but those are sort of the, you know, the things that you have to kind of constantly deal with. That's very different from most other kinds of teaching jobs. Right. So even if, you know, even if someone is a, a football um, coach or what have you, usually, you know, they may be out of town on a Saturday or here or there, but um, you know, for the most part, it's, it's, it's just all encompassing. They spend so much time um, doing doing the job, and even whenever they're home, sometimes you know they're getting messages or um, you know emails, things like that. And so, you know, I think with the kids, he's had to finally sort of set some boundaries for himself um, uh, with you know with with kids and, and parents and things like that. But yeah, I would say echoing everything he said, but then also, you know, for us, there's the additional um, uh, issues with uh, raising the kids. So Kevin, your kids are a little bit older uh, than Sean's and than mine. Uh, do the kids get used to it? Do they, do they eventually get kind of like build sort of a, a, a you know, when, yeah, when trust was doing it back in, Oh, let's see, 2003, when she started up until nine. So our first wasn't born until seven. Um, and so when she was in the thick of it, that would show two, three. Um, and then our daughter got born in 09. And so I think at the end of that year, she took a step back. Um, Cause she realized with, you know, having two kids like that, it just wasn't, um, yeah. it wasn't feasible. wasn't manageable on our, <clears throat> on our end sure. um, for doing that. Yeah. Okay. So we didn't deal with it up to six and seven. Right. So yes, that would have been a whole other can of worms. Um, but I mean, for the reasons, um, reasons that Sean brought up is kind of why she, she stopped because it was difficult for us to manage that. Yeah. One act season's the worst, isn't it? Oh, God yeah. bless him. You, you want them to do well and you want them to keep advancing, but it's like every time they advance, like, Oh, again, Oh, again. And then you don't know when the show, you know, for a regular show, you got the set dates, you know, it's ended, but then, once the once the once again to one act, you don't know how long it can go. And then once they finally hit, if if they finally hit state, they're like, okay, finally it can end. 
Yeah, so yeah. You, you and you plan everything with a caveat of yep. TBD. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't don't make any spring plans. Your spouses yeah. though, your spouses have a history of success. I don't have that. So my wife is always she always knows I'll be home by spring break. <laughs> she's <laughs> <laughs> she's not concerned about that, but <laughs> I get that. You have like your own normal and nobody else really understands it. So like if you have to go to a family party or you're having to go to like something that's going on and your spouse isn't there because they're, you know, in musical rehearsals or UIL or whatever. And, and they'll say, you know, well, where's Tim? And you go, oh, well, he has a show coming up, huh? He has a lot of shows coming up. So is that, is that okay? You know, is that all right? Or that, you know, you don't like eat dinner at a regular time because there's always something going on. And so there's just like a lot of judgment. And it took me a long time to say, well, this is our new normal. And this is what, this is what we do. And this is how, and what is the ultimate goal at the end? But I will say that there was a, you know, time where it was like, once Nathan graduates from high school, this, this can't be like, I can't just be at home by myself and go to all these things by myself. So I do think that there has to be some stopping point to that because you, you know, you're not just, you're not just married, just, you know, to pay bills and, and go to events by yourself. You really want it to be something that, you know, has an end date or an expiration date for it because it's not, it's not sustainable for the long term at all, at all. I, I'll piggyback back on what Amy said. I think that we actually, I feel like lost a lot of maybe my friends in the process because they're not in this world and they just right. don't edit. And, and it was probably for the best because in retrospect, they probably weren't the, the best friends to keep. And you don't have to edit this out because they're surely not listening, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But it was, it was constant. Oh, we have this baby shower. We have this wedding this weekend. And of course it's always on Saturday and there's tech weekend and there's rehearsal for this and, and whatever's going on. And it was, we, I think we lost a lot of people in the, in the process just because we couldn't stay connected. Um, that was me as well in college, you know, well, I, I needed to have a shirt that said, I can't have rehearsal. Right. Right. Um, I think now in this part of our life, a lot of our closest friends, two of whom are on this podcast, are theater people. I mean, because we get each other. Sorry, Blake, you're you're my yeah, friend. You're thanks. I can. Um, <laughs> Jennifer can come say hi if you want. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but they are because we just get it right. We get each other. We get we get the life, and I, in my opinion, we're just easier to get along with. Um, <laughs> but I think right now, my biggest struggle, I would have to say, is when my children are little. Yeah. Um, because I, I love them. I don't always like them so much and <laughs> it can get, it can get tough to, to do all the things and them needing you to constantly play with them and entertain them and all, all the messes and everything alone. That can be, that can be a struggle. And he can, he, he will probably, I can't speak for him, but he will probably say, I am not that kind in the spring. <laughs> I, I complain a lot. Um, but it, that, that I think is, is the tough, the toughie is when the kids are little. Now when they're older and they just want to be on their phones all the time and don't want anything to do with me, hey, I might actually enjoy those, those weekends alone to Netflix or whatever. But I think right now that's, that's the biggest struggle. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and then when they get, a, when they do get a little bit older, if they're involved with theater, it's actually kind of nice, you know, that, that they're doing like Nathan was super duper involved with theater once he got into high school. And so um, it was kind of a, it was kind of, it was kind of cool for me because it was like, you know, they're, they're separating before they go off to college. And so you don't have that devastation now for Tim. That was a total and complete, just, you know, like a divorce. He's like, we're buddies for four years. And now it's like, we're not close, you know, anymore. He's off to school. So that was, you know, a little hard for him to get, but for me, I was like, this is great. I mean, it's so (laughs) awesome. I just, you know, I was like, I would go up to the school for like, if I was choreographing the musical or something, I'd go up, I'd do my stuff. And then for UIL, I didn't have to do anything. It was like, this is so awesome. Like, it was so great. It was your Amy time. It was, it was. Now I will say, I think that I internalized a lot of stuff that happened during that time because while Nathan was in, um, and it was two, I think it was two UILs, might've been three, but one of them, I threw my back out that was weird. The other one, I had like an abscess tooth and was so knocked out on drugs during, and that was during Amadeus, I remember, that Great I I could not like remember anything that was going on during that time. It was almost like I was suffering at the same time that that was happening. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, I can't drive when I'm on drugs and stuff, or you're not same. supposed to. Yeah. It's frowned yeah. upon. And, um, and then like with my back, I couldn't even like get in the car during that time. And Tim was just like, really during UIL? I was like, I know, I think my body is hating this time of year. Or not something. allowed to need anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're not UIL. allowed. Like, it's not allowed. <laughs> right. If your car breaks down, it's like, you better call like your mom or. Oh, oh no. Speaking of which, can I tell a story on that? I'm yeah. sorry. No, no. Okay. okay. So my father, this Avery was little. She was being watched by a friend because Jay had rehearsal um, on the day that my father had open heart surgery. (laughs) So Jay's at rehearsal and I don't fault him. He had to be there. It was one of those things. And I was like, I'm fine. I'm going to go to the hospital, see my dad. Well, I was so flustered because it was such a traumatic experience. I rear-ended someone. Long story short, I I thought my car was fine, but apparently it was leaking fluid like all day while I was at the hospital. So I'm driving home from downtown or medical center sketch neighborhood and all of a sudden my car breaks down (gasps) well he doesn't have his phone on because he's in rehearsal yeah (laughs) my daughter's at a babysitter I had to like call my brother to come and get me it's like 10 o'clock at night and I'm just like so from then on now he keeps his phone on or he gives me the stage manager's number for those kind of instances because I was like you know I'm panicked and flustered because my dad's in the hospital yeah so well, it does seem like a lot of things do happen during that time. And I will say that like, I'm always pretty, you know, independent. So I don't need a lot, but when I do, it's like, you know, one time we have a, a fireplace that, you know, has the opening to the, to the outside or whatever, cause it's a gas fireplace and literally bees got into the fireplace and they were blowing out. And I was like, Tim, there are bees. I would have burned, I would have just completely burned my house down. Like if you know me and how I don't get along with bees or wasps, 
I would have just. I, I was like, torch. I don't know. And he, yeah. And he was like, he came home and he's like, holy crap, there are bees everywhere. I was like, I wouldn't lie about that. Like, I wouldn't say there were bees. It was just, they just got in and I, you know, I, I mean, just weird stuff happens and it always happens around, you know, something. And, and like Tim always had, um, you know, we did a summer musical. So the summer he was building the set or doing the musical. And then during Christmas break, they were building the set for the winter musical. And then, you know, spring. So it's like, I mean, if you boil down all the hours that he worked, he probably got like 10 cents an hour or something. I mean, it was literally insanity insanity do, do you yeah. ever do you I, and this is a question that. this could be a question for both of you do you ever accuse your spouse of self-inflicted pain like meaning you, you know you just talked about how tim did a summer build and a winter build and how it's his department so therefore he could in theory oh, he started the whole thing right yeah. so he could decide what the season looks like and maybe choose family over uh, shows or, you know, vice versa or something like that. Cause I, I I'll, I'll um, admit, you know, yeah. my, my wife's a middle school theater teacher. I don't know that world at all. She tries to explain it to me, but I'll always say, Jen, you can control this. And she's like, Blake, it's not high school. It's not high school. It's not high school. You know, constantly, if I had a quarter every time I'd have 50 cents, but that's uh, what my, my sister is a junior high theater teacher. And she says the same thing. She's like, these wheels have been in motion for so long. You can't stop it. Yeah, you but know? do you, I mean, do you, so, did you ever yeah. say to Tim, hey, you know, you could just not do that musical. It's okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, we love musicals, so it was always such a, you know, like it, that, that was the only time because I was a part of the musicals. So that was, you know, really the only time that I got to see him, you know, <laughs> right. and, and, and Nathan later on. Yeah. And so, I mean, th yeah, that was always true. But, but I think that I never really said anything like that because what am I going to do? You know, I'm going to say that and then he'll feel like he doesn't have, he doesn't have anywhere to go. He doesn't right. have anything to say about it. And, and so he did have to realize for himself that this, that this job was was basically killing him. I mean, it was, you know, it's not good health-wise. It's not good mentally. You can't keep up relationships. It's really, really hard. Um, stuff that's like, and, and again, you know, I would say over and over and over again, you know, it's like, um, you know, this isn't life or death. You know, nobody, nobody is dying. Um, this isn't Broadway. <laughs> it's like, you know, why, why are you guys stressing out over this? And, and I mean, I want a good show too, but at the same time, it's like, you know, where do you draw the line? Nobody's yeah. going to, yeah. Nobody's going to get electrocuted. <laughs> you know, it's like, nobody is going to, it's like, just let some of this stuff go. And, um, but I think that, you know, once they, I mean, especially for Tim, he is a workaholic and he, will just stay on that path until it kills them. Yeah. I guess Danette, you know? the equivalent, the equivalent question for you, Danette would be, have you ever said to Jay, why don't you get an assistant? Why don't you get somebody that, you know, cause I know he covers a lot of rentals, you know, so it's things that it's revenue for the college. It's not anything that Jay has done to himself, but have you ever thought, and, and this can go even Amy, eventually you could answer this now that your husband has kind of transitioned into more, more yeah. of a management role. But, uh, you know, say like, hey, dude, 
you you know you could hire one of these like grad students or you know get a grad student to come in and uh and I know San Jack doesn't have grad students but you know what I mean like uh, uh a graduated student that's what I meant to say uh to come in and kind of help alleviate some of the pressure do you ever like kind of smack them and say come on let's do this why not um, or ask about it at, at least, least when at least 20 to 30 times a dance season. Um, <laughs> yeah, dance seasons right, yeah. are the worst. Yeah. Oh They're my gosh. Worst. Well, it's, it's really, it, that is the worst season is dance season because they all have their recitals and their, you know, eight hour practices and all the things. Um, but before COVID, yes. Right now it's just like, he'll clean the windows to keep a job. Right. Um, so we're, we're not worried so much about that, but yeah, definitely. I was like, can, can they hire you an assistant? Like, it's crazy that they expect you to work your eight to five and then still come in and work eight or 10 hours a week, um, our weekend. The good thing is they've kind of worked with him in terms of, you know, if he has an event on Saturday, then he won't come in on Monday or whatever the case may be. But when I'm a teacher and we have kids, that doesn't really, you know, if you're all day on a Monday, well, we're all at work. So it doesn't really benefit us too much. Right. Um, I think he is definitely thinking about that he's just trying to get more and more contracts to kind of justify that right, kind sure. of thing um but like i said right now the whole world turns upside down so and let me let me say for happen. the record in your defense this is in no way an incrimination at all about how san jack does business or deer park or any <laughs> of these isds or universities or uh, community any anything it's just a matter of the 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 life we lead as theater and well, fine arts folk. Yes. I will say this on the record. <laughs> they have taken such good care of yeah. him oh, yeah. because I mean, his, literally his job right now is to run rentals, which no one is doing right. in 2020. And so they have found things for him to do. And we are very grateful for that. So right. I will put that on the record. <laughs> uh, what are some of the ways that you have kept things somewhat normal? Um, well, I work from home. Um, which is good. I mean, I have, I did before COVID, um, thank goodness. And so for me, that's, that's been really our sort of saving grace. Um, whenever I wasn't doing that, it was a lot harder. I mean, it's just, you know, you factor in a commute and all the other stuff, plus I have the flexibility if something happens to be able to do that. Um, but I think for us to make it feel normal for the kids, um, that's a big part of Paul sort of committing to these are the things, um, you know, and he's a really good dad. He's sort of done that on his own for, you know, it's not like we had to sit down and have a dog. Um, but he, you know, he makes sure that he's uh, up every morning with them, that he's, you know, getting them ready, that he is taking them to school every day so that they know no matter what happens, they're always going to, because that's, that's sort of the time that theater teachers have a little more flexibility depending on how their program's set up. But for him, most of it's in the morning. Um, and there are times where he has to have morning rehearsals and things like that. But even then he still gets up with them. Um, obviously since COVID, uh, he's not taking them to school now. We've been homeschooling the kids. Um, but he uh, um, still every morning sees them, you know, says goodbye, has, you know, we, he doesn't really cook, but does breakfast <laughs> and stuff so that, you know, so that they're seeing him every day. And there's that sense of no matter what happens, I'm, you know, this is when I'm going to see Papa. Yeah. Warms, warms up the pop tart. I get it. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. 
Yeah. <laughs> Kevin, do you have the a cereal in the bowl? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Kevin, do you have a story? Uh, me, I just I my, my response is there there's no normal for it. Um it seems like it changes from every year. Um, depending on who the kids are and what the show is and blah, blah, blah. There's to me, it's, it was almost, there was no, it's now been removed out of it for several years. So it's, it, but back in going back at the time, there's, there's just not, I don't know. There's just not a normal, um, during that time frame. So you, you, I I would like to, I'd like to see some, maybe some consistency and, um, balance is always tried. The word I try to use is you come on, you're going to have to, there needs to be some sort of balance that goes on. If I know what to expect, it's easier to go into it, knowing that rehearsals are here, 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 you know, the start time, the stop time. But when sometimes they've got to do, you know, they run an hour late. And so you've got plans to have dinner ready a certain amount of time and rehearsal runs late um, or they need to add a weekend rehearsal or, you know, that sort of stuff. That's where it gets, it gets difficult. You know, if you have a set schedule, okay, we can work around all this. That's easy to, you know, understanding that there's a start time, there's an end time. Let me know what the schedule is and we can, we can make it work, but I don't know what the schedule is. That's, that's difficult for me. So the answer to the question is I never found it. No, that's fine. That's, that's an acceptable. I'll, I will accept that answer. (laughs) Is there a limit to how critical you can be? Like, are you allowed to give notes? I've always been curious. About that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So usually, like, if a show is 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 happening, and and I can and I can tell like that he's frustrated with it or something is happening, he goes, you know, will you come and and see a rehearsal? And and usually, like, the only note that I would get, other than like this doesn't make any sense, um, or something like that, but I would give a note of my, the one that I did like almost all the time was diction and slowing down. It's like, I don't know this play or I don't know this musical. I don't know, you know, what, what is going on. I don't understand that person. This needs to slow down and, and have more diction if we are to understand what's happening. And he, he would admit, you know, that that's, that's the case, but he is always way more critical than, than I was. I was like, I know it's not that bad. He's like, what that bad you know like no 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 like that you know it's like this is this is good like this is good this will look good you know just trust your instincts and stuff and he is such a perfectionist with everything that he does that um you know I don't really need to be critical he's already done it a million times to himself which is also an annoyance too like (laughs) dealing with that is also annoying because you're like come on, let, let this go. You know, don't stress about this. It'll be what it's going to be. Like, look at where these kids started and where they ended. That's impressive, you know? And then he would say something like, yeah, but the audience doesn't know that. I'm like, but we know that, you know, we're not doing this because we, you know, hope to get all the accolades in the world. We don't do it for any of that. You know, we do it for the growth of the kids and the program. Um, I'm amazed at what she's able to take from a script and create on stage. So um, I would, she's, she's a lot more critical than I am. Sure. It's kind of funny watching her during, I told her I can't sit next to her during a show anymore. Um, especially one of her shows. Cause she's like, Oh, oh, she's always mumbling something under her breath that didn't go right or something right. like that. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go see your show. I'm going to sit over there. Cause I can't stand sitting next to you. Cause right. you're, your um she's her she's her own worst she's her own worst critic so there's nothing i could say that 
she hadn't already thought about tenfold. I mean, I, I, he would be, he always asked me for like, you know, what I thought and, and all of that. And I, I usually, first of all, if there's anything wrong, I already know before I get there because he tells me everything that he thinks wrong with the show <laughs> yep. before we even show up. So it's like, you know, and then sometimes he'll ask me, so what did you think about this part? And 99% of the time, it's something that did not register at all as a problem, but he's very aware of it because of all the, you know, minutia that he looks at. So he's his worst, his own worst critic too. It's, it's very, it's very funny because I'm like, there's nothing I'm going to see that you haven't already seen that you think is a problem. And usually I don't think it's a problem. I'm like, eh, that's just in your head. Nobody, (laughs) I guarantee you, nobody in that audience noticed that. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand that too. Uh, Does family understand at some point, or is it one of those things that you just have to say, you'll never understand? Or is there, is like, is there something you tell family that, that it's like, Hey, no, this is, this is their life. This is how the, this is how this works. Uh, no, I don't like, I just, I literally make fun of everything that family says. Honestly, it is the craziest, funniest thing ever. Um, you know, it's like, uh, it's like, how's that, how's, how's that play acting doing? You know, like, I just, I, it just cracks me up. It's really funny because like when we would do shows, so like I would choreograph the musicals for Tim and that was great because then I was there and, um, and like every, every single family member, like every single family member would be, they would come to the show or something and they would say, so are you glad that this is almost over? I mean, you know, you get your family back. I'm like, oh, I was up here a lot. Oh, what were you doing? Like what? Oh, that dancing stuff. You know, oh, you were doing that. And like the only person, and my dad passed away a couple of years ago. And and the only person that literally understood it, and he would be, was my dad. So my dad would actually come up to me after shows and go, hey, you know, that number that you did and and I was like, oh my gosh, he's the only one that gets it. Like my dad, you know, that was so um, like not involved with theater and not, you know, never really like not involved with dancing. Like he liked opera, you know, it's like he, he got it. And so everybody else it's like, I, I just, I, I just quit trying. I mean, there's just no, they only get what they get. And, you know, they, nobody, nobody understands theater. <laughs> nobody understands theater. You know, it's like, Oh, Grace is the best musical ever. It's like, yeah. Really? Do you know what it's about? It's really? not. I mean, no. you know, no. that's not the best musical for a high school to do, but if you think that what's, what's, you know, what are you implying, means... Amy? I don't understand. <laughs> no, I love Greece. <laughs> I'm just saying that there is sex and, yeah. you know, Smoking. there is yeah. a, a could be a pregnancy yeah. and, you know, like everything that the lyrics in it are really gross, but you'll find, you know, some Bible thumper that's like, why don't you do some wholesome musical like yeah. Grease? That would be awesome. Well, principles too. I, my, yeah. My favorite thing is that principles, uh, they, it's like, well, we can't do this, but we can do Greece. It's like, really? Okay. All right. <laughs> really? Huh? That's interesting. With, what with the saran wrap and everything. like And the hickey 
and yeah. the, like everything, like everything like that. And it's like, okay, so you guys are okay with that. Right. But, you know, you're going to question dressing a man up like a woman in hairspray. Yeah. You know, like there, there, there are certain things that were just always so backwards. And it's like, you, you, you just cannot talk. You cannot reason with any, anybody like that. And so that's, it's almost the same bubble, you know, that, that, that they all come from, which is, you know, they just don't get it. I've, <laughs> they just I've, don't get it. I've given this uh, uh, story and I'll be very quick about it because I've said it multiple times on my podcast, but uh, a former administration of mine would not allow us to do Heather's, the musical, um, because it, because of the content, and we'd already paid for the rights, so we had to go with MTI uh, to get a different musical because we'd already paid for it. And MTI was great with it, but so we chose Zombie Prom. Well, Zombie Prom is about a teen boy that commits suicide by throwing himself into a vat of nuclear waste, and he comes back as a dancing, singing, leather coat wearing zombie. But because he's a dancing, singing, leather coat wearing zombie, it was all fine. But the core yeah. of the story is the kid committed suicide, which is one of the reasons they didn't want us to do Heather's. But right. be- because it was fun and dancing and, you know, the makeup's cool, everybody was like, ah, this is cool. And it's it's practically the same it's, story. It's, it's insane. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. insane. It's like... Um, it's like like one of my favorite musicals is La Caja Full. I just think it's... I think it's a amazing story. I think the music is wonderful. I think it is just amazing. You'll never, ever be able to do that in a high school. And it has nothing to do, nothing to do with sex. It has nothing to do with nudity. It has no, no bad words, just a love story. But because it's men that are, you know, two men that are married and uh, a bunch of drag queens, never. Yeah. It's like, what what harm is that doing compared to suicide? The hand or, drive. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Like it that's the stuff that just I just go, wow, you guys really you know, you're point. looking at this wrong. Like yeah. we should be more advanced than that. Yeah. Uh, Our community should be more advanced than that. So Danette, what do you what do you say to your children about where daddy is daddy's at work daddy's they, doing a play and they know and they know they, uh, yeah daddy's work they know it does daddy's work they did because we do the christmas show so much though they're like a santa there tonight <laughs> right right because they've been they've been no. in it a couple times too right yeah that actually is my favorite time because we all get to go and and be together and the kids just love it and they love being on stage and um so Uh-oh. anytime we can do a musical or do the Christmas show or whatever. It's kind of our best time because we all get to be together and, and enjoy that. And he's a little bit more lenient to just let us hang around for rehearsal because there's a bunch of college kids to help watch my kids, which I appreciate. Um, <laughs> yeah. But as far as like the family, my at first when we were in college, my parents didn't understand it at all. It was very hard. They go, we don't, we just do not understand why your rehearsals are so long. And I'm sure they thought we were just like sneaking around or something. Um, but I said, no, they really are, you know, really four are. hours every single night and tech weekend on the weekend. But um, now it's actually funny because my mom, she knows that if Jay's working, that I'll typically just go over there with the kids just to have, you know, hang out with them, free dinner, all that. 
So she's kind of gets excited. Oh, oh, does Jay have an event tonight? Is Jay working tonight? Because <laughs> she knows she gets to hang it's out with grandkid, the grandkids. Yeah, so. grandkid time, yeah. Yeah. It's not as hard. I, I guess I try and, with friends, I try and compare it to football because I feel like it is. That's the football is coach like that. has practice. Nobody questions it. But if, you know, theater, how could you possibly need to practice that long to do that? And it's like, oh, Lord, you have. Yeah. Imagine no if football idea. season to, yeah, it was yeah. 365 days a year. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's right. Well, I used to say like um, when when I would, enter, especially like for work or whatever, I go to like a work function or something. And, um, and if Tim was there with me or, you know, if they met him before, they're like, oh, your husband's a teacher. And I'm like, yeah. And they go, um, what does he coach? Oh, and no. I would just be like, everything. <laughs> like just because he was gone, you know, at the same time that, it's, and he looks like a coach, you know, it's like, <laughs> kind of you know you kind of fit the profile so it's like he coaches everything he's just he's he's just doing it all <laughs> so oh like, that's hilarious where is where is jay um, looks like a student huh yeah. <laughs> jay? I, I was saying where's yeah, yeah where's jay looks like a student uh compared to tim who looks like a coach but you know yeah tim yeah. looks like any kind of dresses like i mean he behaves like a coach and he also supports all of the you know the the um he supports the football for whatever school he's at. You know, he just is, he would do the announcements. Yeah. He would do like all of that kind of stuff. That, so yeah, he's a big sports I'm fan. glad you said something about that. Cause that's another element. Cause it's the same thing when I was at Dulles, I would do all of the football. I would do all the band halftime uh, performances. Yeah. So I didn't have to be there for the full football game, but even again, with a wife that is in theater who understands theater, the fact that now you're taking on other positions outside of your, your, your what is it duties as a what, what do they say it in your contract you know um duties, other duties uh, yeah. as assigned yeah there you go so but they were voluntary so uh right you know, it is what it is yes that's how tim's was and he still did it he did all the calls for the dawson football games and he goes, do you want to come up there? Yeah, and I was yeah, like, yeah. um, all right. He goes, I would have to sit by myself. Yeah. Um, and he would be in the booth. I couldn't go in there. They always had like good food too. Right. And I couldn't have any of the food. That's the only reason and I then did like it. when yeah. Nathan was old enough, he hung out with his friend. I don't want him to have to hang out with me, you know? And it's like, I don't know. I don't know anybody. Like I have no, you know, cause everybody there's like football yeah. families and stuff. Crazy football and, moms. Yeah. I was like, I don't get that at all <laughs> I don't so don't know but so uh sometimes like uh what's his name jj watt would show up because uh, he lived in pearland oh. for a while and so then i would go yeah i'll go to the football game well yeah I'll, oh yeah i'll be there and i would turn my body so i could see him because he was always up at the you know the back i was like what's he doing who's that girl he brought sweetheart why are you why are you where yeah why are you dressed like that to go to a high school football game don't worry about it yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i don't know i her parents were with her well she did theater in high school herself so they had a good understanding i think they understood what she does um you know you can see a finished product on stage so i think they understood my parents you know they understood um, they're not being theater people. So I'm going to understand what she does. I just don't think they understand what goes into it. The amount of energy effort, um, again, that attention to detail, 
is involved with it. I don't think, and I, and I am honest, I probably don't understand the full extent. All I see is the amount of time in there. Um, I don't know. Well, you know, when we're back in the single, the only time I could back single pre kids, um, I could go though. If I wanted to spend time with her, I had to go up to rehearsals. And so, you know, sit here, watch her do some rehearsals sometimes. Um, and so you start, you start getting a feel for, wow, this is, um, the, the amount of D again, the attention to detail and the repetition and all that sort of stuff. So you, you, you can't, you don't realize the effort that goes into it unless you're act one actually doing it or two, you actually sit in on rehearsal and actually watch how, how the process goes on. You know, I'm only there. I can only take it for about a half an hour, an hour, maybe tops watching it before I kind of, my ADD sets in and I'm ready to move on to the next thing, but being able to sit there and focus in for those multiple hours at one time. I think unless you're, unless you're an actual director doing it, I don't think you truly appreciate the, 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 um, the work that goes that's that's involved in bringing your production to, to stage. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I would say probably Paul's family has a much better understanding because I've seen him go through, you know, his, his, degrees and his you know all the stuff that he's done to learn they've seen him in shows as a performer but I think for my family um uh while I was in theater you know in high school that's uh, as the student that's a very different thing but I think the interesting thing for me is explaining to my my parents what um what Paul does and that he's good at it and that he is so sort of able to organize that um, because in our everyday lives, Paul is um, uh, not as organized and um, he, he's the one that will sort of like leave the garage door open all day or, um, you know, he'll, he'll go through the house and like every cabinet is opened and I'll walk in a room and not know why or so he's kind of a... Um, uh, a little bit more messy in his real life. And then when you see him actually doing his job, um, you see that he's really organized and he's able to sort of come in and, and, and he's a really nice guy. So to see him kind of come in and take control and sort of, you know, manage the whole piece of, you know, either directing or keeping all of that going. I honestly think for my parents, they're, they're kind of amazed that the, the Paul that they know, the really sweet kind of, silly person is able to go in and do something that takes so much thought and so much right. preparation and organization. And, uh, which is funny because he, he really is good at it. Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, in our, our lives, if I put him in charge of like, for example, paying bills, um, our electricity would be off and <laughs> our water would be off. <laughs> so yeah. I, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I get that. Yeah. I mean, my, my wife is the same is, is Paul is that same person. She, she is the garage door opener and leaves it open kind of person. But yeah, it's when she goes to school and when she's in her element, there's, it's, it's a completely different person. Um, I think there's a, there's a, and my sister and I had this conversation a couple of days ago about OCD. It might be a, a, a type of OCD because uh, she has it, and and so she's you know trying to diagnose her brother and tell me that I have it as well because of this that and the, uh, the other. But but it's true with theater teachers. I think that uh, and Kevin, as you were saying earlier about you know Tress kind of 
just being there and your ADD kicking in. And I, I don't think that means that a theater teacher doesn't have ADD. I think it just means they also yeah, have the, they also have OCD. <laughs> they are also obsessive compulsive about yeah. their product and they all these little things. They've got to make sure they're perfect and perfect and perfect and uh, goes along with sitting next to her at a show as well. So, um, but yeah, yeah. For 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 anyone who's listening that had that has not taken part of at least sat through part of a rehearsal or um, something like that, I really recommend them doing yeah. so to get a feel for what goes on to it and seeing the different person that your spouse is during during that. I still there's a couple times there's some some girl was doing something on stage and I just remember her like when she was giving notes at the end of it she the, the line was it's called enthusiasm use it she said to this girl and I thought it was the funniest thing and so I say that to her all the time that yeah. was we're first getting together you know 20 years ago now but I still say that same line to her too um but yeah anyone who's listening that has not had an opportunity to sit through part of a rehearsal I recommend doing that yeah. it's it's eye-opening and it's um can also be a little funny yeah yeah it's like well i didn't realize you curse that much yeah <laughs> yeah that's good yeah uh danette it, you know a- amy amy started the conversation very early talking about an expiration date is there and you may not be able to answer this especially if jay is listening uh is there an expiration date for you know when when it's time for jay to move on to something that brings him home more often there is not and i'll tell you why because i have never seen my husband happier in his career than when he is contest managing. He has made the closest friends through it. And for whatever reason, the way his brain is, I, you know, I know the way his brain is wired, he was made to do that kind of job, the organization, he's a people person, all the things. Um, I really hope he's listening because this is like the biggest compliment he's ever going to get, <laughs> but he does. And he's so happy. He'll come home after a contest and want to tell me all about it and everything he did and the jokes he made during his, um, his awards and, and all the things. So I guess in my heart of hearts, I wish there was a way that he could find something more similar to that or a way to make that be his full-time gig. Cause he right. isn't, he is the happiest when he does it. I think also the extra, you know, Disney money, it's our Disney fund. So <laughs> that's always helpful. So whenever it does start to get tough, I just, you know, go, it's Disney, it's Disney, right. it's Disney. And then that helps me, helps me through. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really not to be completely honest, the contest managing time is not the tough time. It's the more the dance time or when he has to do things related to UIL that maybe he doesn't necessarily want to do. Um, I can't speak for him, but I know he loves contest managing some of the other aspects he might not be that much of a fan of. But when he gets to do that, I know he's happy, and so I'm okay with that. Right. It's not too bad. Is there something that some, – some wisdom that either one of you can bestow upon some new sort of uh, theater venturers that aren't necessarily married to somebody that understands this world? I, I would say for me the, the biggest thing is how much they um, do really care about, you know, the – what they're doing, you know, I think a lot of people think about, um, you know, it just being about the actual product that they see on stage, um, and realizing, you know, for the, for the teachers. And I think this was a big sort of aha for me. I didn't realize how much effort goes into, 
you know, helping the kids get into schools um, that they want, um, helping the kids, um, you know, sort of become better people, you know, and, and become people that know, you know, kind of that the show must go on. Um, you know, as someone who's hired people in the in the past, I know I always like to get theater people or people that mention anything about theater because uh, they kind of understand that work ethic that goes into it. Um, and so for me, I think that, you know, is, is one of the, the big things about, uh, you know, being with a theater teacher is there's all those other pieces that you don't even realize. And certainly when you're in, you know, a student, I don't think they realize how much goes into it, but, you know, seeing how much he cares about making sure that that kid goes to a school that they're going to love or, um, you know, gets into the right program or, um, you know, learns, learns a lesson from what they're doing. You know, there are times where they have to take somebody out of a show or make a change or something like that. And how, um, much they sort of, at least with Paul, you know, sweats that decision, you know, and, and how serious they take the, uh, the, the job that they do. And, and the fact that they're working with, you know, sort of the, the leaders of, of, you know, of the future. Um, so, I mean, that's just sort of the thing that, being married to a theater teacher was, is, is kind of the uh, overarching, you know, thing about what he does. There's the day-to-day -day that you deal with, but there's also, this is actually a really important job that they, that they do, you know, so. Yeah, my, my parting words, um, <clears throat> or my final thoughts is, is being a spouse um, with a theater um, educator, uh, it can be very lonely at times. Um, it can be very, I would, um, I, I would, I, I honestly asked, are you having an affair at times um, that she was gone so much? And if I hadn't known personally known her co-teacher, I really would have been, I would have been a little more worried about it. Um, the fact that I could go up to rehearsal and catch her, go up to the school and catch her there all the time. Um, I, but I would still, there were times where I asked, are you having an affair? Cause she would be gone so much. Um, and while it might not be, physical, it can definitely feel emotional. Um, so to, to the other theater educators out there, just make sure that, you know, as you focus all your time and passion into this, you're, you're worried about, you, you need to, um, again, find that balance where you can manage that relationship at home with your spouse. Cause your spouse didn't get married to you. So you could be gone all the time. They got married to you at least at the beginning. Cause they want to spend time with you. Yeah. Um, so there's that piece, but for all of the, the spouses out there who, who are, feeling like that emotionally, um, dis emotionally neglected or unattached. Um, like Sean said, go, go, go watch a show and see the impact that, uh, that they're having on these, these kids lives and turning them into young adults, getting them into the schools. And, and, um, you know, a lot of these kids in theater are, um, how do I want to put it? Are they, th this is their, this is the one thing where they've got, um, they've got a community for. And so this is the opportunity where all those unique and creative kids have a chance to, to come together and find the community um, that otherwise they might not be able to find in, in, a, in a high school um, where they can, they can all get together and showcase their talents because they are, again, the unique and creative types um, and they have a chance to really show off what they can do in, in these programs. And um, your spouse helps facilitate that and make a, make really makes a positive impact in their lives. I think that you have to have some 
understanding of theater. I mean, I did theater when I was younger. Um, the only thing I never did was UIL because I went to a Catholic high school and we didn't have UIL one X. So I had no idea about that world, but I, you know, I had, I had been doing theater forever and then met Tim in the theater and, you know, went to school in theater, did everything like that. So you have to have some understanding or some love for it or respect, I think. And even if it's like, I just enjoy going to see theater, like something like that. Um, but as far as um, somebody just getting married to a theater teacher, uh, I, I just would say, don't, don't try to make whatever you think is normal normal like just be so much more flexible like don't say you know we're gonna have dinner at the table at five o'clock every single night or you know we're gonna do date night every single you know day this you know nothing nothing stays in plan it's like nothing but but there has to be some way to connect later on and so I would strongly advise to say you know where do we see ourselves in five years? And then where do we, and then let's combine that and let's see where we're, we're the same and then continue to do that constantly. Because it, you know, if you, if you get, if you, if you sacrifice yourself for your spouse to do this, what they love, you never want to take that away. And then you get to the end of like eight years, 10 years. And you're like, I, I don't even know this person. I don't, we, we do nothing together. We have no, you know, common ground, then that's, that's gonna, that's, that's where, you know, divorce happens and separation and stuff like that. So just be open and, and, and have stuff written down that says, you know, where do you want to travel to? What do you see yourself doing after you retire? Do you want to continue to work? Do you want, you know, do you want to still live here? Do you want like all those things like that, that have absolutely nothing to do with kids or anything like that? Because by the way, kids are going to do whatever the hell they want to do. And <laughs> you should block them out because what will happen is they'll get through college. You think, oh my gosh, they're never coming back home. And then and now Nathan is living back with us for this last year. And, you know, before you know it, all your cheese and alcohol is gone and you're you know, <laughs> left with despair and sadness because you think that there's a giant rat that's living upstairs, an alcoholic rat, but you know, you have to make it. So it's about the two of you, not about children, not about other family members. It's kind of long. Sorry. <laughs> that was good. Danette, anything from you? I don't have anything better. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I feel like we need to uh, market a shirt that says, before you know it, all your cheese and alcohol is gone. Minor win.